Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. If this is your first time here at FightfulWrestling.com, we are a fairly new wrestling site, MMA site, boxing site. We cover all three, but we also have sub-sites that uh, just give you your wrestling, just give you your MMA, just give you your boxing. We are breaking news across all three all the time. In fact, on the MMA side, we had James Lynch there covering uh, Bellator 214 and Jack Swagger's Big win. We're breaking news all the time on the wrestling end of things, including uh, several scoops for tonight's show. Halftime Heat had that up on our premium service. I'll tell you more about that later. But let's get into it. Royal Rumble 2019. I am joined by Alex Pawlowski. Alex, how you doing? Uh, I'm under the weather. You know, I spent the uh, better part of a week with my daughter uh, coughing uh, often into my mouth, and now it's caught up to me. So, uh, so we'll see. Also, it's supposed to dump like a foot of snow overnight, and I got to go out in the morning and shovel that. Let's talk wrestling. Ooh, that's brutal. I don't know what it's going to – our weather changes all the time here, but nobody wants to hear us talk about weather. They want to hear us talk about the Royal Rumble. Reminder, uh, we do have a premium service, FightfulSelect.com. That is a, a nice way for you guys to support us directly. We are trying to do things in a – in a more noble way at Fightful.com. You're not going to see two-line articles on Fightful.com. You're not going to see a bunch of uh, speculatory news. If something comes from a report from a legitimate reporter, either us or someone else, or it's confirmed news, it will be up there. But uh, on FightfulSelect.com today, we broke the news, Alex, that Halftime Heat was returning, Mm -hmm. later announced by Shawn Michaels. We have a six-man tag consisting of, uh, who were the participants? Um, Johnny and Tommaso and Adam Cole versus Ricochet and Aleister Black and Velveteen Dream. That will air live from the the Performance Center, I believe it is, uh, on Sunday. Uh, Again, another scoop from FightfulSelect.com. When you subscribe over there, you get dozens of podcasts, some early access stuff, lots of neat stuff. What do you think about Halftime Heat coming back? Personally, I love it. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, I I was kind of hopeful that the brawl after the show last night was going to lead to something more than this and it still might but yeah. if it's a one-off six-man tag that's fine i was kind of hoping for like multi-man winner take all championship match at the mania takeover sure but, but if all we get is something to switch over to that's not an overproduced halftime show train wreck i'm, I'm fine for, with that too yeah we also had some of the uh, orders of the matches that were going to happen at the royal rumble on fightfulselect.com go over there check it out we have free preview content up all the time 
uh, here on this YouTube channel. If you uh, want to check out this podcast in different forms, we are on po- podcast platforms everywhere. But let's go ahead and get into it. The the pre-show featured some weird stuff as well. Like, not all of it made sense. We saw various promos and interviews. Absolution, Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross. Which of these stood out to you, Alex? Well, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan in the empty arena holding a, a Rumble burger. E- empty stadium. Empty, yeah, empty, yeah, it was so good. Yeah, empty stadium, not empty arena. Um, this is great. I don't know if you saw this uh, earlier that he had a, basically a feud with uh, on Twitter with Chase Field about the Rumble burger. Yes. Uh, and what I loved about it, because he's just so great at needling people and like, well, I want to hate him, but how can you hate him if he does this? Like he says, Chase Field, like, hey, you know, we just give people what they want. Oh, you know, you know what people want? You know what people want, Chase Field? They want you to donate every last dime you make from this burger to a children's hospital. You're going to do it? Because I bet you're not. And like, that's that's a great way of being like a total D-bag, but also right. And that's why his character works so well. This was This was a masterful... Uh, through line of that little few that these guys had going on social media leading into tonight. KBL's there, and in moderation, he's not that bad. I thought he was okay here, but I want to talk about Shawn Michaels. The insight that he landed from a kayfabe perspective was really nice because he said, when I did my Royal Rumbles early on, I had wrestled almost everybody in these Royal Rumbles. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to deal with surprises. Well, as it turns out, well, I didn't have to deal with that many surprises tonight either, <laughs> but I like that. Uh, Leo Rush trolls JBL for losing to Lashley, which I thought was great. Booker T compares Finn Balor to Hoist Gracie, which was nice, and uh, we had the halftime heat thing. But before this tag match, Drake Maverick emerges from a room and says, Akam's injured, but Rezar's not, and Scott Dawson should tag with him. That's the opportunity we're getting. And if they beat Gable and Rude in this non-title match, they'll get the opportunity. Why? Did we need I, – I get it. It got them on the show. That's real neat, man. Good for them. It, it's par- probably part of the pacifying effort for the revival. Oh, well, uh, see, we're going we're gonna to do something with you. We're going to do something. This is going to do it? Mm. Ha- having them have a match where one of them is in the tag match? Like – Okay, so Occam's injured. So then Rezar is okay. Is Dash injured? Uh, I I don't understand. Like, did they draw straws? Like, I I, I mean, this didn't make sense. Like the idea of like if 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 Dawson and Rezar win the match, then each of their actual teams will get a future title opportunity. Okay, well at least there's some stakes, and that's interesting. Oh wait, you're just gonna have them lose. So the match was entirely pointless. It was not advertised for the pre-show. It didn't matter. Why even have it? Yeah, not a lot happened in this match, man. There was just... Dawson and Razar met some success, but Drake has to encourage them to work together. The Zooms are a plenty in this match. Rude runs wild on a hot tag. Dawson drop kicks Razar. Then the Rude Salt pins Dawson. This was six minutes and 55 seconds of mediocre at best and even pointless beyond that. I don't know if they're setting up anything for this, but can't imagine that the Revival have a ton of confidence in what's going on. But then again, I'm not the Revival, so I don't know if there's some bigger picture. We'll see how it unfolds, but there's really nothing to talk about in this match, Alex. 
No, again, it was utterly pointless. Nobody was expecting it, so it wasn't like you were like, well, we have to do something. We already advertised this Raw tag team match. No, you didn't. So you didn't need to do it at all. And then once you said, oh, here's the stipulation. If if the challengers win, it's a non-title match. Challengers win, they'll get future opportunities. Okay, that's that stakes. But then you have them lose, so it's like the match never happened at all to begin with. Well, I mean, you can't have everybody who has no, the I opportunity am- to win, win. But I mean... In this case... The match I, doesn't make any sense without them winning it. Well, I thought he just said that they might have an opportunity. Not that they really definitely would. As far, but As far as what I heard Corey Graves say, he said if if Dawson and Razor were to win the match, each of their teams would get a future opportunity. <laughs> In like three months when AOP is healthy. My <laughs> right. God. United States Championship, Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Rusev in 10 minutes, 15 seconds to win the title. I thought this was a solid match, man. This was... This was really good. Uh, let's talk about the set that they had for this Royal Rumble. No giant Tron. They emerged from dugouts, which I thought was kind of cool. It was such yeah. a different thing. WWE's like, you want pay-per-view sets? Here you go. And they go completely minimalist. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that? Uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was it was fine. I kind of liked that it was like almost like a little like rounding third to get to the ring. Mm-hmm. Down the entrance ramp, which which I'm which I'm cool with, um, and I I guess I I like the weird like hologram things hanging in the middle of the air, but the guys, the people at the arena can't see that. So yeah. unless they and and let's be honest, there are a lot of casuals who go to shows like this. Unless they've memorized the music, they might have no idea who's coming down that ramp. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. Well, I I, I wonder. I know that they had the lining around the stadium where, mm-hmm. you know, scoreboards are that's, that's and, and all that. They, they have that as well. That's true. So there's some good back and forth before Rusev fall away slam. Nakamura avoids an accolade, but then eats a swinging side slam, but he's able to capitalize, go into a triangle arm bar. There's a great spot where Rusev can't get Nakamura up out of the triangle arm bar. Then when he finally does, it's countered into a Nakamura guillotine. Then when Nakamura counters into that, Rusev does a deadlift jackhammer, Alex. That's not one yeah. I've seen before out of there, but I love it. I'm a sucker for those deadlift suplex spots. Yeah, I, I, I wish I didn't see them in pretty much every match, but um, uh, it feels like every everybody does it now. We, we um, do see them on every brand. Ricochet on NXT. We have uh, Rollins on Raw and Rusev on SmackDown now. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I, I honestly, I really did like the match. Um, the finish was Drek. Of this match? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a little odd, but Nakamura pulled off that, that water slide, which was great. And, you know, I like a good deep pin. This one was too deep, and Rusev got, uh, was able to kick out. Nakamura tries to untie the top buckle, and Lana catches him and goes, You're cheating! Although that is in key with Lana, because, I mean, she's cheated a thousand times. Right. But as soon as she catches someone, okay. Rusev charges and hits Lana, and this had to be done to set up more important things later on. Right. But this did accomplish multiple things, because Anita, the back of the head, Nakamura wins. We are for sure getting this match 237 more times, Alex. (laughs) That's the problem. Yeah. (laughs) We're, We're not supposed to get automatic rematches. 
Yeah. But Shinsuke kind of got one just because yeah. he attacked Rusev. You you cause someone to domestically abuse their wife, you get your <laughs> you're gonna get a rematch out of that. That's the way it works out. This was this was a decent match. It was a decent match. Um the the ref blatantly not following to where Lana was pointing. Yes. As she, he's cheating and and the ref just looking at her going, I don't know what you're are you speaking Russian? I don't know what you're saying. When when Nakamura is blatantly removing the turnbuckle three feet to his left, that was insane. And then I I've always hated. I'm gonna charge at my opponent who gets out of the way, and I knock my valet off the ring apron, and she hurts her leg. Is one of my least favorite tropes in all of wrestling. Um, this trope had an end game, and it, I thought yes, that- it did. I love the the end game made it worth it in the moment. I really hated the way this ended. WWE Cruiserweight Championship, Buddy Murphy defeated Hideo Itami, Kalisto, and Akira Tozawa in 12 minutes, 5 seconds. This was a non-stop spot fest. And it's okay for Fatal 4 Ways to be a spot fest because you have four guys. You don't have to have extended spots of selling. This is about creativity and going for pins. Itami takes what we will call a coffee break outside in, in honor of OWE's J Cafe. Uh, there are like... Three springboards on Kalisto's arm drag that don't make any sense, Alex. <laughs> He's just showing off. It doesn't get him any extra height or velocity. Nothing. It's just him bouncing around like he's Tigger. Yeah, it's it's really dumb, but he gets caught with a running suplex by Murphy. Murphy has Kalisto up for a powerbomb outside, and Kalisto is facing the ring. Tazawa does a suicide dive onto Kalisto, who then Hurricane Ron as Murphy into the barricade. Incredible spot. Tazawa does a somersault senton off the apron onto the floor on Murphy when Tazawa monkey flips him. There's a lot of three-person interaction spots here. A lawn dart into a corner spear. A back body drop Tope Conhilo. These four guys really went above and beyond to interact with one another and use their environment, Alex. That's what I loved about this thing because I was not a fan of, of well, I mean, Hideo, yes. I wasn't, wasn't a fan of having Tozawa and Kalisto in this in this four-way because I, just, I didn't feel like they were near the top of what 205 Live was doing. But it proves that if you give any of these guys on that show a chance at like doing something really special, they're going to figure out ways of doing it because these guys haven't really interacted much recently. So it's not like they've been yeah. wrestling a lot on on TV and in the, in the on you know on the road or whatever to like come up with these spots. It was all like that that one of 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 Tozawa between Hideo's legs, Tope into into the waiting power bomb thing that was happening. That was so great. These guys are well, great together. If you're looking to do some moves in between people's legs, maybe you're looking to incorporate some friends. Maybe you're looking for some high spots. Maybe you're looking to interact with multiple partners if so our friends at blue chew can help and make sure that you have a royal rumble worthy performance bluechew.com use that code fightful my friends you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed Blue Chew, like the color blue, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, but they're better, they're faster, and they're cheaper. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work way faster than a pill, so you can be ready whenever. Maybe you see somebody else going for the pin, and you go, whoa, 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 hold up, I didn't approve that. 
I didn't approve that. It's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visit. No waiting at the pharmacy. No more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since they prepare and ship direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, you get your first shipment free when you use the code FIGHTFUL. You just pay $5 shipping. My God. it. Let me tell you something. Alex, I know you love Blue Chew. You were telling me, you are like, Sean, my work rate has really improved. I've had some spot fests, if you know what I'm saying. That Those are verbatim Alex's words. I'm not making this up for the plug at all. No, I'm not. I'm not making it up. All true. Man. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Hit them up at GetBlueChew on Twitter and say, damn it, you know what? Even if I'm not buying you yet, I know about you because of Sean Ross Sapp, Alex Palowski, and the Fightful.com podcast. Reminder, guys, my match notes and ratings are up tomorrow morning on Fightful.com. They are up now on Fightful Select for early access members. Running Powerbomb almost beats Kalisto, uh, but Murphy did this insane Topecon Hilo of his own. Man, he is yeah, just so athletic. Oh, so good. That's the thing about him. I, I think that 205 Live needs him as, they, as, their, as their champ, but if he gets the call up to either Raw or SmackDown, he's a, he's a future absolute full champ. He's, he's so, great. so good. He's great. I could definitely see him with the U.S. or Intercontinental title. Yep. Uh, he's he's really great. If Tommy kicks out of the Salida del Sol from Kalisto, and things get worse for him when he eats Murphy's knee. If Tommy and uh, Murphy trade big, nasty strikes, Murphy's Law wins it. Buddy Murphy gets a big win. You know, years ago, you, you couldn't have imagined. This is the peak of Hideo Itami's career yeah. in WWE. He's one of those guys, and, and we'll talk about it more on other shows, but if I'm not saying he's leaving WWE, if he left WWE, they wouldn't be hurt at all. And literally everybody else involved in the situation, Itami, AEW, whatever Japanese promotion picks him up, anybody else would be better for it. Man, this was a pretty definitive L on his record. Murphy getting that pin over a guy that a lot of people thought was going to be a big deal and ended up not being Alex. Yeah, I, I feel like this would have been the perfect time if you were ever going to make him champ on the Cruiserweight show to do it now, where Murphy doesn't have to lose. Um, uh, he's He's been really, really good on 205 Live. Like, if you're not watching it, he's been great. He had a fantastic feud with uh, with, with Ali and one with, with Ozawa, actually. Uh, he's been really good, uh, but he it might just be past his time. I will say the end of this match where Murphy had a knee for absolutely everybody. Yeah. Like somebody needs to count Kalisto's teeth because that last one that he took was just nasty. Let me tell you guys, if you take that blue chew, people will be counting teeth when they use their knees. Let me tell you. Just the way this the way it is. <laughs> Let's talk about the pay-per-view. It got started with a bang. We broke the news on Fightful Select that Asuka would be defending the title against Becky to open up the pay-per-view. And defend it, she did, beating Becky Lynch clean as a whistle. As a clean whistle, that is. Uh, 17 minutes, 7 seconds. It was an awesome match, Alex. Yeah, it was very, very good. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, when this goes on first, it kind of telegraphs that Becky's going to lose this match competitively. Um and then she'll somehow find a way into the Royal Rumble, eliminating Charlotte last to win it. 
And I was totally here for all of it. Um, especially this match. This match was great. Some people are going to quibble with, with the way it ended. I, I think the nature of the submission, we'll talk about that, um, made it made it okay for her to lose in such a way. Oscar runs her ass into Becky after this pissing contest with a couple of great strike trades. But outside, Oscar eats a Bexploder into the barricade. Becky goes for the weirdest looking spinning wheel kick and misses. Yeah. They need to calm down on the spinning shit. Yeah. As Nick Diaz says, oh, we're throwing spinning shit now. Well, not everybody needs to do it. Not everybody on this roster is Edson Barboza. It, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> Oscar gets caught up in the ropes and kicks, but but uh, or gets kicked and applies the Oscar lock herself. Becky turns the tides and ends up doing it on the top rope in the ropes. That was a good piece of storytelling there. Them one upping each other because that was the story that was being told right from the get go. Alex was yeah. that they were seeing who had the biggest balls. Yeah. In this match, this is great. I, I loved. I loved them. Uh, scouting each other, knowing each, knowing what their moves were. You can go back to to uh, years ago um, uh, when Oscar was in NXT, and they they showed Becky Lynch in the crowd uh, when when Oscar was doing the disarmor basically to somebody in the ring, and Becky's like, "Hey, that's my move." Yeah, and they were jawing back and forth like th- th- this. Rivalry was set up way back then, and I I think it's great. Oscar cracks Becky with a really big knee, a drop kick, and a German suplex for two. Then applies an arm bar into an Oscar lock. Becky gets to the ropes. The constant submission threats going back and forth, in and out. This is something in women's title matches that especially has added so much. This isn't exactly something that we saw a lot for anybody of our age who grew up watching women's wrestling. In the States, at least. It, It happened a lot in... Oh, yeah. Man, but man, it's become a signature of the women's division, and it's really good. Uh, this th- this really helped tell the story of the match, as did them just trying to do things that would maim one another. There's this German suplex attempt off the apron, threatened by Asuka. Then Becky threatens a Bexploder off the apron. Ultimately, what we get is a fisherman's neck breaker. Yeah, that Becky just barely got around for Alex. Yeah, barely. <laughs> barely it was (laughs) it's one of those things like it it wasn't probably supposed to go that way but it ended up being quite all right (laughs) yeah no it was it it was all right uh yeah it was it was come it was a it was a it's a yeah a fisherman's net breaker it's 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 it was basically nikki cross's finisher that done off the apron but twisting toward the apron as opposed to away from the apron like it was it was nuts Uh, uh yeah there were there were there were times Throughout the night, where I thought people maybe took some things that might have hurt really bad, but that was that was the top of the list. As it turns out, Oscar can throw a better wheel kick than Becky and connects yep. very well. And then Becky does a Bexploder superplex that has to be seen. Oh, it's so good, man! Really good. Lynch misses a leg drop, and Oscar applies a disarmor, and then Becky turns that into an Oscar lock of her own. Yeah. But on the scramble back up, Becky is kicked in the head. Then she applies the disarmor again. They're just trading submission finishes. Oscar grabs one and does a bridging Oscar lock. Gets the tap clean. Yeah. I want to know what you thought of the tap clean before we talk about the match in totality. Because as I look at things, I'm like, man, it, it is a little bit hard knowing what we know to say, ah, well, okay. You feel for Becky because you don't. She didn't get screwed or anything. And I, 
in a way, I'm thinking, well, can they always go that route? They can't always go that no. route. That's that's kind of overdone as well. Right. Um, this um, this the finish uh, the, the way it was like it was Oscar lock, but then like bridged over some somebody been been calling it the uh, a cattle mutilation uh, as as the thing, and it's. Uh, when the way you see Becky's the angle that Becky's neck was at, and the torque being applied to further that bad angle, like the tap was necessary, or she'd be paralyzed. That's what the that's basically what you were looking at. And I wonder if in that moment, Becky was like, "Well, uh, either I give up now um, and live to fight another day, or this could really f me up." And that's, I mean, like I, I, I appreciate when, when, when competitors tap out saying, "Well, this, this could actually do me damage." Not, I'm in pain, but I don't, I can't afford to miss six months because of surgery. Like that, that, those decisions. I like watching the, the competitors make that decision in that moment because it shows me they're smart competitors. And I felt like that was this with Becky. She's disappointed in herself for losing, but she knew Asuka had her and she tapped out. Like that's a different thing than, oh, I just can't take the pain anymore. Make it stop. It didn't feel that way. It felt like, damn it, she's got me and I gotta get, I, I gotta tap. There's no way out of this hold. I love this match. It was awesome. It delivered it. When you saw this match and you think Becky Lynch heading to WrestleMania, you think, okay, I, I, she can handle that. And she this, can handle that. This is something like if if we think, as we all do, that Becky's going to choose to choose to challenge Ronda for the Raw Women's Championship, if this is effectively her going out on her back out of SmackDown and into Raw, if that's basically what this winds up being, that's that's how you work. You everyone leaves the territory going out on the back. They're supposed to, like that's that's how you do. You lose the match on their way out. Charlotte lost her last match on Raw to to Nia Jax, like, and she went over and she immediately was in the title picture on SmackDown. That's just kind of how this works on these two brands now, and I'm fine really, with that. Really solidifies Asuka, too, who has been beating people left and right. Absolutely, and it needed to because she was treated as a joke for most of last year. Now yep. she's back to being the Oscar we all thought she was going to be when she came up from from NXT. So you'll at WrestleMania now you'll have Becky Lynch likely headlining, which we'll talk about later again. The woman who beat Becky Lynch defending her title probably almost and you'll have the winner of the Men's Rumble too. So that that's three pretty solid people who have a real claim to headlining the show because I mean if you're Oscar you're on SmackDown saying, why the hell aren't I headlining WrestleMania? Sure. Why don't you want to fight me because I beat you? Right. We'll, we'll add to that later. SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Shane McMahon and The Miz defeated The Bar to win the titles in 13 minutes, 12 seconds. I got to say, in totality, I've really enjoyed the storytelling of this, and the end of this solidified it for me. But uh, let, let's talk about the match. Miz and Shane have matching gear. Shane comes out aggressive. The Bar try to put Shane through a table. There were a lot of great callbacks in this match, and that's why I'm I'm so in love with the storytelling aspect of it and how Miz wanted Shane to be his partner. Sheamus gets hit with a flying clothesline to the outside from Shane that looked great. There's this spot where Cesaro runs 
Shane into the barricade, Alex. And he starts from like the other end of the ringside. <laughs> yeah. And it's something Cesaro does a lot because I don't think he realizes not everybody is as athletic as him. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen that meme, that GTA meme, where the guy holding the the prostitute's head is singing Vanessa Carlton a thousand miles and running down the street? I haven't. Well, you need to because that's what Cesaro was doing to Shane McMahon. He was making his way downtown with his bitch, and Shane was going to make him a sandwich. The Miz gets whipped extensively, tags out to Shane. Shane avoids the brogue kick, another nice callback from SmackDown, and drops Sheamus with a punch. He should probably stop doing that float over DDT, Alex. Yeah, that's not that's not his. This is the thing. We're going to talk about this in a second. How this man at forty nine or whatever his age is can oh, yeah. do some of the things he can do, but can't still do a float over DDT yes. is just mind boggling to me. So uh, Shane goes for a double coast to coast, but gets caught in a Cesaro swing. Great spot. Great spot. Because when you see him stacking them up from people who watch him do this all the time, we think, well, that's because he can't quite get all the way across. Get all the way across, yep. So this was a good way to mask that. That was brilliant. (laughs) Sheamus accidentally brogue kicks Cesaro. This is after Shane applies a triangle on Cesaro, and Sheamus hits a knee drop. But after the brogue kick, a skull-crushing finale hits, and Shane does a goddamn shooting star press. He's 49. He does a better one than Brock did at 25. Now, I know there's a lot of variables. The match was longer. It's a singles match. Mm-hmm. Further away. Don't care. Don't you, care. This When I saw him up there, I, I, I thought, okay, here are all the options that, 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 he, that could, could happen at this point. One of them is he totally Brock Lesnar's himself. The other yeah. one is he lands this thing clean as a whistling sheet. If you told me those were the two options and I had to pick between those two, I would tell you that, that he would end up in the hospital tonight, paralyzed from the neck down. There's no way I would have said, oh, yeah, totally. 49-year-old Shane McMahon, a businessman, is just going to hit a shooting star press perfectly. So fun, fun story. One of my old teammates from my wrestling team is one of our former strength and conditioning coach runs a gym. When we go to the trampoline park, it is our goal to try to do a shooting star press. Not easy to do even on a trampoline, even plain. We've been taught for years, tuck your chin. There is no reason in what we've done in catch wrestling to do this like you do on a Styles Clash or a shooting star press. Here's the thing. Shane McMahon doesn't do this on his shooting star press. He goes... I can't call it the Apollo Cruz route where Apollo Cruz is so athletic that he just rotates his entire body in midair. He goes the PCO route where he just heaves his body up in the air and over rotates intentionally. And he's like, whatever lands lands. (laughs) So I can't begin to tell you how horrifying that is for me in a trampoline park. He is 50 years old. Almost. I, I feel like Shane's internal monologue through most of his high spots is like, eh, I've had a good life. Like, it just feels like he's just throwing caution to the wind every damn time. Man, Jushin Liger stopped doing that move in his 20s because it was too dangerous. 
You you mentioned this on Twitter. Do you think Billy Kidman can still hit one of those? Yeah, he's I'm 44. Like, no. I say no, and I've seen Billy Kidman not hit those things 25 years ago. Yeah, they made a storyline out of it when he gave Chavo a concussion 15 years ago. Man. This was intense, man. So immediately after the win, Shane takes the title over to his dad, who many of us know because he's on Total Divas, Total Bellas. This was a great way, or Total Divas and Miz and Maurice. We have also seen the Miz like talk to his dad, who is at party saying, oh yeah, I love The Rock. He's my favorite wrestler. In front of his son. Yeah. Like this is a real thing that happens. So this was a cool moment. This was very nice. Like Shane McMahon gave his belt to Miz's dad, yeah. and they were posing with it. I thought this was really cool. There's there's a lot of criticism for this type of storyline, but hey, man, if you want WWE to focus more on the tag team division, you better damn well believe it's going to happen when Shane McMahon's <laughs> involved in it, Alex. Well, that's the problem is that, <laughs> is that on SmackDown you've got enough talent minus a Miz Shane team yeah. to support a tag division. On Raw, man, could they absolutely use the star power of a Shane McMahon Miz tag team with with the belts? Because uh, they would actually have to devote some storyline and time to it. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm totally here for it. I feel like uh, uh, everyone seems to think this is heading for a you know mega powers explode kind of a thing between these two uh, at WrestleMania. But I'm I'm here for seeing where this where the storyline takes us. I, I love the visual of him with his dad. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was very great. And then what I say is match of the night. Ronda Rousey defeated Sasha Banks to retain her WWE Raw Championship in just under 14 minutes. I really dug Ronda Rousey's Power Ranger gear. That was cool. You know, we've got a lot of rumors about Ronda Rousey's future. I can tell you some of that is rooted in truth. But a lot of the stuff I know, I think it kind of violates privacy. We're not going to go there with, with that sure. type of situation. But... um. I, t- Rhonda's really well liked backstage. Like, there, there. If she sees somebody who is at a show with her, and it's happened before, and they become an issue, they're gone. She's like, "You're not causing an issue for me and anybody else, Alex." I'll tell you about that off the air. But mm-hmm. uh, th- she's really well liked. She's adapting really well, and we saw some stuff that's going to be set up very soon. Rousey and Sasha have some great reversals out of each other's arm attacks early on that set the tone. The storytelling here, got to put it over. I mean, they had scouted each other so well and the arm attacks and Ronda was in particular that that didn't finish the match, Alex, yeah. which I thought was a pretty cool touch. What were you expecting out of this match and did it live up to your your hopes and dreams? I expected that these two of them were going to try to murder each other live on the WWE Network and they did. I mean, it was uh, it was crazy. Like, you, the, the, I feel like... Sasha Banks's ethos is like, what do you say to me? Like that's just like the way that she lives life as her character. Like, is she? Uh, what am, am I a clown to you? Like, I feel like she's basically Joe Pesci from Goodfellas. Just at, at any moment, she could be set off by something, and it, it's it's it really works for her character. Uh, it's just way smaller than so many other women that she's competing with. And she doesn't let that bother her at all. Like, I really liked all this. And I thought that Ronda absolutely stepped up 
uh, to be on the level of, of, of Sasha in this in this in this uh, match. Uh, some people love, saying it was a bit sloppy at times. And I'm thinking where, when, like, but if it fights, if it, fights are sloppy. If love it, of God, if it was sloppy, I feel like it added to the story because th- these two women are are trying things that they normally can hit without without an issue, but the person is def- is defending against it. And are they absolutely hitting all their reversals clean? No, but they're absolutely making sure the other person's offense doesn't get in perfectly either. I thought it worked. I think they are really, really good at, at fixing things on the fly when they don't go as planned, because you can tell there were several instances here where that happened. And just because they didn't hit the move that was intended and hit something else doesn't mean it's wrong. The audibles are called all the time. Sasha goes for three amigos and when Sasha does the backstabber, Rousey rolls over to her feet, grabs that arm. That was nice. Rousey punches the ring post. The, the sloppiest thing I saw was the timing on whoever it was that malfunctioned the ring post. Yeah. Because that was funny. Sasha follows up with a suicide dive. Banks works over that arm of Rousey heavily, dropping it across her knee. I don't know why she would sit around after not pinning Rousey. If I'm anybody like that, I'm immediately jumping on it. But yeah. Ended up not being bad. Rousey goes for Piper's pit after the roll through, but Banks is able to counter it into this amazing hyper extended arm bar. Yeah. That may have been part of the match, Alex. That was that was that might have been that, oof, that was so good. Uh, it was it, incredible. It 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 looked real. It yeah. looked like if I put twelve percent more torque on this thing, you're not using this arm ever again. Like it was it was really really good. Um, and it was also something, a variation I've never seen Sasha use on anybody else. Like it was really good. And grab the fingers too. Yeah, that was really good. And also tried to bite the thumb. Like it was really interesting. I I thought this felt really, it felt authentic. It felt like these two women really wanted to hurt each other. Um, but I will say like, um, uh, I talked about this last night about how, um, Bianca Belair is never asked to sell in any of her matches until last night. And then it felt like that part didn't work because she hasn't been ever asked to be anything but this monster who deadlifts people and all this kind of stuff. Rousey has always found time in all of her matches to be, you know, uh, fighting from underneath in different ways. And she's gotten to a point now where it really, really works for her. It definitely worked for them. Rousey gets uh, out and hits this arm-trapped version of Piper's Pit, like yeah. another another just alteration to the moves. And this was a point that, Alex, we had discussed forever on this podcast. Rousey's going to have stuff that pro wrestling has never seen before. Yeah. Basic throws that she's drilled a million times. Yeah. I mean, the, the submission that she did to Kat Zingano, she had never drilled that. And if you all ever go back and look, you'll, you'll see what it is. It's kind of amazing. She is great. At, at, at doing that type of stuff. Uh, there's this amazing superplex, too, that Rhonda takes perfectly. When I saw her climbing up to the very tip top, I was like, she ain't got to do all that now. Right, right yeah. You can just do the flip over. Do, do the basic. No, not Rhonda Rousey, man. She takes it perfectly and then rewards Banks with a couple of arm drags. Rousey catches Banks' suicide dive outside, talks mm-hmm. a little shit. Mm-hmm. Applies the flying armbar. Now, Sasha tapped, but she's outside. Rousey, perhaps in her inexperience, throws Banks in. I would have just broke her arm. But right. you, you can chalk that up to inexperience, uh, at least in a kayfabe perspective. I, I couldn't even write down all the cool stuff in this match, and I've uh, got a 3,500-word review that's going up. 
Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it was it's a great it was a great match. It was a really really great match. It was um, here's the thing. Not only do I think it was probably Ronda's best match that she's had since she's been up. I mean, almost certainly. But this is the best match that Sasha's had since like that one that like falls count anywhere with with, with Charlotte, Charlotte on Raw, uh, and before that, like Bailey Bailey Sasha yeah. too. Like like this is at least in the top five of Sasha's all time matches, and she's had a lot of good. Oh matches. yeah, you, hey, you add stakes, you add somebody who they care about, you add it on a grand scale on a grand stage, somebody who's protected like Ronda Rousey. Uh, Sasha body presses out of a Piper's pit attempt. Now, if you all don't know what the Piper's pit is, it's that swinging uh, Samoan drop that Ronda Rousey does. They did a really good job of establishing this move, so you knew what Rousey was going for. But Banks spun around and hit a body press out of it, applies the bank statement. Then you see the old Sasha. You see Sasha grabbing the wrist tape and yanking it across the face. Yeah. Really good. Rousey counters a Fujiwara armbar that it, that Banks had transitioned into, into a gut wrench slam, does a bridging Piper's pit for the win. You transition from one story into another, one callback into another, and you finish with this. This ruled. This was mm-hmm. good shit, pal. Yes, it was. This it, was. it was. And my hope is that this is like them saying to Sasha, here's here's this showcase match for you in a singles match. And now we're going to transition you into being the first and greatest women's tag team champions of all time. Like, I feel like that's, that's kind of like the reward for her like shining out so well in this match is her and Bailey going on. And maybe not, if not winning it the first time, but, but then picking them up soon after, because they I feel be like a match at WrestleMania. They, Sasha absolutely deserves a marquee spot in WrestleMania and defending the women's tag titles or, or winning them for the first time from whoever wins them in elimination chamber. That, that makes sense. But she's she can't be shunted to the side like she's. Somebody said it's it's been five hundred and seventeen days since she last had a singles match for the title. That's too long. You can't you can't keep Sasha Banks on the side for that long. Like it's it's that's way too long. She's too talented. Sign of respect is shown after the match, but then Sasha walks back, holds up four fingers in Ronda Rousey's face. Hits the bricks. When do you think we get it, Alex? This is purely speculatory on our part. Yeah, well, it depends on what we're you know, what we're say, seeing. If 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 Ronda takes time off after Mania, and how long that time off is, I said last night that I think Shayna Baszler is ready now. Jessamyn Duke and Marin Shafir, they're way earlier in their process. Oh yeah, I think if. If Ronda decides I'm taking a year, a year and a half off or whatever it is to become a mom or whatever, because that's those are the rumors out there, um, then that gives that much time for Baszler to get even better and to be put on the main roster and actually like take over where Ronda left when Ronda leaves. And it allows uh, Duke and Shafir to just to get better and get more reps because it feels like right now all they're, they're there in NXT for is to run in and get kicked in the face by whoever Baszler is fighting. Like, it doesn't feel like they're actually, at this point, full-fledged wrestlers yet. 
but I think they have so much potential. And I, I don't want them to be moved into this position of a horseman versus horseman match before they're really ready for it. Um, that said, I feel like Mania 2020 is a possibility, if not uh, Survivor Series 2019 kind of a thing. I don't think it's – I think that's that's too early. It's just too early. Depending on depending, – all depends on when Ronda decides she's going to take some time off, if she does. <sighs> this was good. Made me so happy. Excited to see how, how it ends up. I do think that Duke and Shafir need some work, but hey – that's why they're work. That's why they they're getting those reps on the live events. That's why they're yep. they're doing all that stuff. Also, face mask, Marina Shafir. I thought that was very <laughs> cool last night. I didn't get to mention that on the yeah. podcast. Women's Royal Rumble match: Becky wins, last eliminating Charlotte Flair. I believe this went an hour and thirteen minutes. These are times that were on Wikipedia. They could be wrong. Lacey Evans, representing the white delegation, came out at number one. <laughs> Lacey Evans, Lacey Evans can only represent the white delegation. Well, she can't represent the Kip-Up delegation. <laughs> that's for damn sure. And there's no shame. I can't either. I can't either. Maybe, hey, maybe if you take me to that trampoline park, that's one I can pull off. <laughs> but Natalia's number two. And Natalia, I, I like that she had the Iron Woman performance and that she has that now. Sure. That is a nice feather in her cap, I think, Alex. Yeah. And, and not necessarily anything memorable. That double sharpshooter that she did, did to Mandy sure as hell wasn't. No, uh, that, that didn't work out. It no. wasn't even really a sharpshooter. No, no, it was it was it was like a Boston crab kind of facing the other way, or I don't know. We'll call that it was not a sharpshooter. We'll call that the the close range paintball or something. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> bird shot. That's what it was. It was just 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 an old shotgun full of rock salt. That's what that was. Not really the women's record for the quickest elimination as she tosses out Liv Morgan in a matter of eight seconds. Lacey gets a little shine here and there. Vicky Guerrero had held that previous uh, quick elimination record, by the way, guys. And that was like 50 something seconds. Mickey James comes out. She uh, wasn't wearing flappy pants. There's this weird spot with Mandy and Mickey where everything they threw missed by a country mile. Wow, that was bad. Yeah. A hardcore country mile, if you will. <laughs> Ember Moon and Billy Kay are next, but Peyton or Billy won't enter until Peyton does. Nikki Cross, however, shows up, attacks her. She got a pretty big pop when she entered. People Alex. love Nikki, man. They love Nikki. She's a really likable personality. Yeah, well, it's, it's I, the thing is that it's one of those things where I, I, I feel like they're they could do so much more with her. Like, hey, just go out there and laugh a lot, completely unmotivated. We have no idea what you're laughing at, and also say that you want to play. That's the only direction they're giving her, and she's somehow still succeeding with it. Like, they, you could do a lot more with this, you know, feral Scottish Scotswoman or whatever. But they're only saying. There's a one line that you can say, and also you can laugh. That's it. That's your entire character. You do more with her, and you can see how far she'll go. I would like to propose a Royal Rumble change, and it will be one of many, because uh, there was a lot of logistical stuff that just pissed me off in these matches. Now, I know that this is an, uh, Royal Rumble is an overwhelming sense of optimism, and I love the Royal Rumble more than any show, period, just because I'm a sucker for battle royals, good or bad, there was a lot of dumb shit over the course of these two battle royals. 
you're not in the ring by the next time the entrant, next time the next entrant is, hit the bricks. I hate that one. Hiding under the ring and and waiting around. I think it's stupid, man. It really buries the ref. These refs are made to look like absolute imbeciles in this match, and it's it's bad. I I've often thought. Um, I know why they're there because they have an earpiece in and can fix things when they go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but why they're there, if not for that, they're not counting pinfalls. Like, you know, like they're not like, oh, rope break. Like, they're not doing any of that stuff. Like, I, we all can see if you get tossed over the ring. So the refs are there. They're, they're stupid anyway. Um, uh, yes. I, Ted, I mean, I, I agree. Sure. If you're sitting out there waiting for your tag partner to show up six persons from you, that's probably not smart. Although I will go back to this great op- great thing they did on Lucha Underground where they had a battle royal like this where Joey Ryan came down to the ring and ringside and handcuffed himself to the to the railing so that nobody could bring him into the ring to throw him out and somebody ripped the, the handcuffs off anyway. I mean, there's a lot of fun things you can do with with uh with tropes like this. Um there's, there's a. I know you have a problem with something we'll talk about uh, that I didn't have a problem with uh, because you know I just roll with it. But we'll talk about that in a second. I'm sure. Oh, we're gonna fight on this podcast. Yeah, Peyton is number nine anyway. Connick's focus on Nikki, but the offense is hideous there. Yeah. If you thought that was bad, Tamina comes out. That's bad. Oh, all of it was bad, man. With with she gets bull rushed through the ropes by Nikki Cross, but then super kicks her. Tamina is really not good, man. No, she's not. She does that super fly splash on Cross and kicks Mickey out of the ring, kinda. Zaylee is out next. She gets some offense, and it's unfortunately on Tamina. So yeah. I mean, she technically got some offense in. <laughs> she she, she Tamina didn't sell it or buff, but she no. the, the yeah. moves happened. Yes. Yep. Who boy. Sarah yep. Logan is next. Tries to eliminate Ember Moon, who holds on to the bottom rope with her feet like Kofi Kingston did. Yeah. Cool. I like that. The Kofi Kingston spot is a gift and a curse, though, Alex, as we have come to learn. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's overused. Um, it's, I mean, listen, this is the thing is that WWE doesn't understand the idea of too much of a good thing. That's not... That's not a concept that they're familiar with. Um, so, hey, you liked it when we did this thing once. How would you like it if we did it 12 times? Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's the problem is that I think that so many of these um, these spots of getting back into the ring, I would have really, really, really enjoyed completely out of context if they were the only time that was used in this Royal Rumble match. But when you have people using it several times in, this, in the course of a match, in the, in the course of a few minutes, it becomes kind of like okay, I. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just like a, it's like a, who America's Got Talent kind of a thing of who can walk on their hands and stuff. It's doesn't, you know. I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't like, I didn't hate this as much as you did, but I could absolutely see where you're coming from. Oh, I didn't hate the the Ember spot. That made sense. No, no, no. That made sense. The other things I'm sure I know that you did. Oh, boy, yeah. Iconics eliminate Nikki Cross. Charlotte is out for her first Rumble. She tosses out the Iconics and Lee. Tamina is out next, mercifully. Thank God. Kyrie Sane comes out, battles with Charlotte Flair. 
That was whoever fun. was controlling the cameras on these entrances did a piss poor job. They certainly did. This women's match was hurt significantly by the production in it. Yeah. Missing spots, missing eliminations, missing uh, missing entrances, cutting back and forth. It was rough. Italian yeah. Kyrie eliminates Sarah Logan after the insane elbow. Sorry, Alex, go ahead. No, no, no. There were there were many times where I had to myself. I had to myself, uh, whose music is that? Because they they were focused on what was going on in the ring. That's fine, but you can't see any jumbotrons from from that angle. And the music was people from NXT that I was like. Oh, oh, I know who that is, you know, but it, it took me a second. And there should be always when the when when a, a new Royal Rumble entrance first makes an appearance, you gotta have a camera on them. Yeah. They did not. No. Maria Canellis is out number 15, while Charlotte and Lacey try to have a face-off that nobody really cares about. Maria interrupts it and gets double teamed. Naomi is number 16 and kicks Mandy Rose out. Of the ring. Mandy mm-hmm. tries to steal an elimination, but Naomi's feet are thrown over to the barricade. Naomi then jumps from the barricade over to the stairs, then Mandy eliminates her. Yeah. Now, uh, contrived, yeah. Second spot like that, yeah. Another Kofi or John Morrison spot, yeah. yeah. Both of those are recycled spots. Don't have a problem with it logistically. Although I do propose the Vader rule. Yes. Which is in 1996, Vader came back in, eliminated a bunch of people. It was disallowed. Uh, I get why they're doing it from a storyline standpoint, but okay. Whatever. Yeah. I I, I, I agree with you. I feel like the, the refs are all there. They can be like, the only reason you were eliminated is because somebody who's no longer in the match eliminated you which means you're still in the match like that's that's obvious like you don't need instant replay to 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 make that happen it's i don't yeah i I feel like if what you want to do is have this person drag somebody out and beat them down so they have less of a chance of winning the match fine but they shouldn't be able to eliminate them yeah charlotte eliminates lacey evans and ties a single match record for female eliminations candace LeRae is number 17 battles Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Number Moon, and we get a goddamn hilarious Alicia Fox out to number eighteen. Now <laughs> it peaked at the entrance, Alex. It did. It peaked. It peaked early, but it was a peak. It was high. It was great. The entrance was fantastic, and I love Alicia Fox. And I'm I'm glad she got at least whatever it was that right. happened with Alicia Fox in this match. I'm glad that she yeah. got it because she missed out on last year. Missed out last year. And she deserved to be part of that last year. It was, she's, she, you, you absolutely forget about how long she's been on this damn roster. Like she bridges so many eras and to have her not be a part of it last year, she deserved to be a part of it this year. Maria then turns her attention to, to Alicia trying to, do some divas era thing that nobody really remembers or whatever. And yeah. it was bad. 
I what? how what happened here? I don't know. I mean, I looked up and Maria was trying on Alicia's hat. Maria hit a nice DDT on Kyrie. I'll give her that. Mm-hmm. But then she stomps Alicia's hat. You knew she messed up. Then she gets oh, eliminated, yeah. but it takes forever to do it. This sucked. Yeah, it didn't 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 work out too well. Um, no, no, it didn't work out well. <laughs> Casey Catanzaro is out at number 19. I really believe she can be the Mighty Mouse character that Vince McMahon has wanted for so long. Yeah. Because she is a superhero. She is a little superhero. Yeah. She really impressed me with a series of spots with Ember and Natalia. The latter took kind of forever. Casey almost eliminated Alicia with a really good head scissors. But Alicia did what I thought was a cool backbreaker in between the ropes. Yeah. Zelina is out next. She faces off with Candice LeRae. It doesn't quite get a reaction. I think maybe some people missed out on that one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like here's the thing. Again, it's the Rumble. A lot of casuals. If they watch NXT, they don't watch it religiously. Like a year ago, there was a feud between Johnny Gargano and Andrade in in NXT. And Andrade's valet, um, uh, Zelina, had a feud separately with Candice LeRae, Johnny's wife. Like in the... That happened a year ago, so you can be forgiven if you forgot about that. I do want to mention Zelina Vega came out dressed as motherfucking Vega from Street Fighter 2, and that was so on point, it made me smile so much. If they ever try to take her last name from her, she's always got that, right? She's always got that. Always got that. Ruby Riot comes out next, and the previously eliminated Riot Squad are with her, and they keep dragging people out of the ring. How did you feel about this? It's terrible. Like, no, buried the refs. Buried the refs. Yeah, you two were already eliminated. You don't get to come out to the ring with with your cohort. That's not a thing you get to do. Also, you you're you're no you're not legal. You're not here. So you dragging people out of the ring, beating them down, throwing them back into the ring to get thrown out. Now I don't blame them. They're smart enough to come up with this idea. The refs. I blame them for not enforcing any rules. Later, we see there are some WWE officials in the back, like right there, who could come out and go, hold on, hold everything. You, you, and you, get back in the ring. You were never eliminated. You and you, get to the back. You're both suspended for two weeks. Like, do something. Otherwise, don't write it into your your program because it makes everyone look stupid. I, I'm with you, and especially when it happens in the first Royal Rumble match of the night, it buries the refs for the second Royal right, Rumble match right, of the night. Right. Riot tosses out Alicia. There's a Riot Squad power bomb onto Larray on the barricade. Then Riot throws her out violently. Dana Brooks gets or Dana Brooks is out next. She gets isolated by Riot Squad as Ruby eliminates Kyrie Sane. And Kyrie Sane, following the great long lineage of. Japanese Royal Rumble entrance as Shitaka Michinoku's The Floor. Yeah. Full revolution here. Yeah. Just curse splat. So the Riot Squad's attacking her, but Io Shirai is out next and uh, takes him out with a moonsault. I thought this was a nice way to introduce Io Shirai to Uh a crowd that might not know her. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think that she and Kairi Sane are, are, are future women's tag team champions in WWE on the main roster. I would agree. I, I think it, it's it's too natural with those. Yeah, two. and and here's the deal: if Triple H can finally pull the trigger on women's NXT tag team championships, 
where he has where he has the thing of like, well, you got to have a big enough division, otherwise it doesn't make sense. You got like three dozen women inside <laughs> at NXT trips. Come on. So uh, I I talked to Triple H about that last night. Yeah. And he said that they don't know if the titles will be floating yet. What they're going to do, they they've talked about it, but they're going to see how that all unfolds and how how that works. But uh, yeah, I'm optimistic that, that they might involve some of those people. Zelina's doing the under the ring spot. Which, another way that the refs get buried. Here's the deal. You can't do that spot in one Royal Rumble match of the night and then do it later in the second one. Yeah. You, get a, you have to pick one. You don't get to do it twice. Well, speaking of, Dana Brooke has a pretty nice elimination on Casey Catanzaro. But yes. she doesn't. Well, she doesn't. Casey, Casey Catanzaro is on the floor, back on the floor with her feet straight up in the air. Yes. Because and commentary is like, oh, both feet didn't hit the floor. And I'm like, where does it end? <laughs> where is, does it end? This is uh, Here's the deal. Somebody, somebody uh, on Twitter said, Matt Riddle's going to come out. And they're like, all <laughs> 10 toes didn't touch the ground. <laughs> uh, listen, this theoretically, I agree with you 100%. As, as in football, two feet have to be in bounds for the catch to count or – one knee or your butt or whatever it's the same as two feet technically i agree that's that 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 rule should extend to the royal rumble however it got us this casey catanzaro getting back in the ring thing which was awesome now the problem i have with it is that it was overused by other people throughout the rest of the night and that just becomes silly so you can figure out a way again you get to use it once. You don't get to use it five times or it loses all meaning. Yeah, man. I, I, this pissed me off to no end. This frustrated me, man. It undermined a lot of what the Royal Rumble had been. Right. I'm supposed to believe that maybe a thousand people didn't think of this. <laughs> again, again, I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. However, I want to give Casey Catanzaro props for figuring out a way of making this thing work. Where she, where, I, hey, this ain't Casey Catanzaro's spot. She was no. told to do this. Oh no, no, but but again, I'm not burying uh, Casey Catanzaro. Right. She she was told to do this, and whoever told her to do this is a fucking idiot. <laughs> Objectively. Is a fucking idiot. Pardon my French, guys. I've tried to lay off the cursing. This is stupid. And they did it so she could walk right back in there and get eliminated by Rhea Ripley. That's the problem. It's- well, no. The problem is, no, is that no. she put her back on the damn floor. Right. And they're like, nah. Okay, fine. 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 Right. I, I still maintain, if that's the only time they used it, and she got back in the ring for another 10 minutes and eliminated somebody. So it actually meant something that she got back in the ring. It would have mitigated all of the things that you are talking about. It still would have been cheap, but it would have been, and they can, you can have that happen and then never have it happen again. Fine. I will say I did appreciate the in, immense level of athleticism that I got to see in her being able to, to get back in the ring using it. But, whew. We are already an hour into this review, and we're just we're just getting to the end of this. Hot damn! Hot damn! Hot damn! Sonya Deville is next. 
Uh, by the way, Rhea Ripley is out. Uh, my wife has watched Rhea Ripley a couple times. She's a fan. So if you want to know what appeals to casual fans, Rhea Ripley immediately ca- uh, appealed to that. However, I told my cousin I was going to bury him on the podcast today. You know who appealed to him when I talked to him today? Oh, no. Who are these heavy machinery guys? <laughs> I said, you son of a bitch. It's bad enough that I go over for Thanksgiving and he goes, man, I watch all those shows with Alex. That's my dude. And I said, your dude, I feel like the Miz over here. I'm about to, to round up Alex Palowski to defend one of these turd level independent titles that you see back here. Jay Grooms, one of the great catch wrestling coaches in America. That doesn't impress my cousin as no. a tag team partner. I got to get Alex Palowski out right, here. Right. Have a tag team partner that I can be proud of. Miz style. I love Man. that he's like, wow, heavy machinery. Are these guys actual construction workers? Like Duke the Dumpster Drozzy is an actual <laughs> trash man? I and, love 1994 WWE. Man, I saw it. He was like, he's like, they entertained me a lot. And I was like, you, I, <laughs> where did I go wrong with you? You are what's wrong with everyone. But I, I like having that aspect. I like being able to ask my wife, my cousin, people who don't have the influence that, that we yes, do and sure, the strength sure. that we do on all that stuff. It, yes. It's a, it's st- even if we don't agree with it, it's still, it makes sense why they, why they pandered, well, not pander, why they program to a, ca- a casual base in different ways than what you and I would like. Yeah. Yeah, man. So <laughs> up next, Sonya Deville is out and knees Dana to death. Then Rhea eliminates Dana. Hornswoggle shows up under the ring. This was a quite kind of a fun cutesy surprise. I I uh, I, I thought to myself, okay, you're forgiven for using the weird under the ring thing. Yeah. Because well, Finley's I, there, so it makes sense. But but this is the deal is that Finley is there. We see later. Um, I would have loved if they had figured out a way to have Hornswoggle and Finley like cross paths. But, oh, they sh- they should have Finley on a digital thing after the show. Yeah. Be like, what motivated you to let Becky Lynch in? And he's like, I don't have that authority. I was out there to get Hornswoggle. That's it. I I I I'd love the implication that Hornswoggle just lives under the ring, yes. wherever the ring goes, and he's been he's been under there just chilling for like twelve years or however long it's been. Uh, she runs right into Le- uh, Rhea. She's eliminated. Alexa Bliss shows up, eliminates Sonya Deville. Bailey is number 27, eliminates Rhea Ripley and Ruby Riot. We get Lana out next. Lana, the star of the Pitch Perfect series with some Pitch Perfect level acting, Alex. Yeah. I loved it. I loved the limp to the ring. It was great. Yes. It, Nia Jack shows up, kicks her ass because it yeah. takes her forever. Yeah, because it takes forever. Yeah. Then what I thought was a great elimination. Io Shirai caught in a moonsault by Nia Jax, gets thrown over. Natalia gets eliminated by Nia. Thought that was good. It was in key. A woman who was just dead and 55 minutes in gets thrown out by the, the much bigger, stronger, fresh Nia. Carmella is the last one. Or is she? Becky Lynch comes out, pleads with Finley to get them in the match and replace Lana. Finley agrees. Some say that he started the women's revolution, Alex. <laughs> Uh, well, so, some some might accuse him uh, of being an Irish nationalist, 
uh, and deciding he was going to give his countrywoman a, a, a free shot uh, because he's biased in favor of Irish people. Some, some, I wouldn't accuse him of that. I've seen it on, on the internet. People are very upset with Finley for playing favorites. Perhaps understandably so. Now, fools in the truck take way too long to go in the wide shot for Becky and Nia yeah. face off because you had all those Becky signs in the background. Again, miserable production, but they and Charlotte are slugging it out. Ember and Alexa brawl in the apron. Alexa's strikes looked real bad here. Mm-hmm. Finally, an STO on the apron sends Ember packing. I think we're going to get some matches out of these eliminations. People are like, hey, you eliminated me. Um, I'm, I, I always pull for, for something like that. Yeah. And I always love the idea of, I haven't forgotten that three years ago you eliminated me from the Royal Rumble. <laughs> like there's a Bailey versus Rhea Ripley feud that I really want based solely on the fact that Bailey eliminated Rhea tonight. Ember was the last non-champion in there. We have six former world champions yeah. finishing it off. I was a big fan of the Bay Mella reunion in here. Anybody who watched Breaking Ground know that yep. Bailey and Carmella are really best friends. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a nice tip of the cap without really beating you over the head with it. They eliminated yeah. Alexa Bliss. And then Bailey got real mad later when Charlotte eliminated Carmella. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Also, a dumb psychology spot when Becky or Charlotte goes to the top rope from the inside. That's stupid. I hate when that happens. Uh, Now, it may seem like I'm bagging on this a lot more than the men's battle or Royal Rumble. That's because a lot of these stupid tropes I'm seeing for the first time here. So Nia has Bailey on her shoulders in what I thought was a really cool elimination. Charlotte drop kicks her, sends Bailey over the top. Very cool. Nia ends up on the apron. Becky's outside the ring, yanks Nia off. Such a conniving little thing to do. It's in character for for Becky. Thought it was clever. Yeah, no, this is uh, Becky's still in technically in the match, so she can do whatever she wants. As far as I'm concerned, but I I, I did like that it was like um, I'm never gonna let you live down like breaking my face and ruining my Survivor Series match. Sure, like I I, I think I think that that's that's really great and in canon. And and again, it always had to come down. To Becky versus Charlotte. This was did. the only way this could have happened. And I'm so glad the WWE didn't try to be like, hey, we, you thought it was going to be this, but yes. we gave you that. Because they love doing that, and I hate when they do it. We have the Listen Your Boy podcast every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, with Fightful.com founder Jimmy Van, and he said, unpredictability isn't a bad thing if it's good. If it's just good, it's executed well, and it leads to more interesting stuff. I'm with him. Becky fought to get in the ring because Nia Jax attacked her mm-hmm. afterward. Did this sell you on, on Charlotte winning at all? Well, I was thinking to myself, gosh, why would you have the whole spot of Becky replacing Lana and getting it down to just her and Charlotte to have Becky lose? Like that doesn't, what what story are you telling there? Is it well, just they couldn't, like, they couldn't have, especially after she eliminated Nia the way she did? Yeah, they, they, they it's not possible. But then I thought, wait, if you're gonna have Becky win, that's the biggest feel good moment of the show. It has to be. Why wouldn't you have it go on last? And we'll talk about this. But I still think they should have had this match go on last. Yeah, it seems so. I, I think so too. G- given what we all that we know now, yeah, I yeah. think they should have. Even though I thought from an in-ring quality standpoint, the men's Royal Rumble was better. Right. 
the storytelling of the last of the last four or five women in this match. There you go. It, 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 I will never remember how sloppy the first two thirds of this match will, but I will remember Becky and and Charlotte finishing off this Royal Rumble for a long time. Well, Becky eliminated Charlotte clean, and I thought the first 50, 55 minutes was just miserable and sloppy, and there are a lot of bad spots, and we talked about this. They have a biological uphill battle because of the height of the ropes. Mm-hmm. So often you got to do the flip to the apron, knock them off spot. They built a goddamn heated ring for WrestleMania. They can't build something that makes this more a little more biologically appropriate and similar to the men's rumble. It seems a little odd, but like I said, like you said too, the story of that last six, seven entrance was a lot better than the men's. And that's what I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember this as Becky's moment. Yeah. It, it, the, the last six being former women's world champions, and you can even throw in Ember being a former NXT champion. And I think a future uh, women's champion on the main roster like that's a lot of star power and and real gravitas to have at the end of the Royal Rumble match. Where we'll talk about this at the end of the men's Royal Rumble match. You got people in there like, why the hell are you still in this? You know things like that. Um, this was not that. Like you could have convinced me at the final six or so that any one of them had a real shot at being one of the either the, the winner or the last uh, to be eliminated. Becky moving on to WrestleMania. Do you think we see Charlotte in that match too? I think that she has, uh, she will be able to say Becky was never actually really supposed to be in the rumble. Mm. So I at least demand a match to, to see if I'm allowed to be, I think we're going to get a triple threat. It it can't be her beating Becky to no. get in that match. No, I think we're going to get a triple threat. I don't know how we're going to get to it. I don't want it. I think that, I think that you should eat, you could have Charlotte versus Asuka. And that's for the for the for the SmackDown title on the same card as Becky versus Ronda for the Raw title, and those two matches are both great by themselves. You don't need to have a triple threat for for Ronda's title. You you don't need it. You can do the other two. Guys, if you're watching live on YouTube, please leave us a thumbs up, subscribe. We have an MMA and boxing only channel too. That is youtube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. A ton of Bellator 214 coverage live from the site of the show. Every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, we have the Fightful MMA podcast. It is a hoot. Make sure you guys check it out. Also, our live viewing parties and live coverage for uh, MMA shows get thousands of comments now. So come and join the fun. Almost every Saturday now. Every Saturday through June, the UFC has a show. Yay. <laughs> Except Memorial Day when when All Elite is running and WrestleMania weekend. Yay. 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 WWE Championship Daniel Bryan defeated AJ Styles to retain in 24 minutes 35 seconds. Now, this on my match ratings lost a full point because the crowd was just RIP, man. They Very, were exhausted. Were this should have so- went on before the Rumble. This they were so happy. They were literally jumping up and down for Becky winning the Royal Rumble. Of course they had no energy. Like also probably all those calories from the Rumble Burger caught up with them and they were like, "Man, I feel kind of lethargic." So maybe that's it. Maybe they all needed a nap because they had the meat sweats. You never know. Fair. I was surprised the crowd didn't even wake up after an awesome dragon suplex from Brian. This was a well-worked match. It was a good match. I liked it. 
Outside the ring, AJ hits his moonsault reverse DDT, but Brian gets his knees up on springboard 450. LaBelle Lock gets countered into the calf crusher. Brian goes for a German superplex, but gets the worst of it because AJ lands on his feet. My favorite spot of this match, a banana split, which is where you take your legs, you lace your legs around your opponent's legs, hyperextend it. Then you pull with your arms the leg the other way, and you basically split the legs apart. AJ did this into a banana split bomb. Yeah. So cool. Gets a gets a two count after a failed calf crusher. And I've barely talked about this a minute, and that's 20 minutes into this match, Alex. Yeah, that's the deal. I, I was talking about this with Warren last night. I feel like if you're gonna if you are competing for the uh for a major championship, the top one on SmackDown or Raw, the absolute first thing that you have to do before anything else, make sure this match goes at least 25 minutes. If you don't do that, you we can't even have the match. Yeah, like, you could do a a awesome 12 to 16 minute match between these two guys, and it would give you all the same stuff with all the filler in between. Like, I, I mean, limb work is fine, but I feel like it's just a thing that like always it's just a constant. Like, I know I don't get to see any variation of it. There were there were moments of this match that were great. The highlight reel of this match is fantastic, but yes. the highlight reel of this match is four and a half minutes long. Not if that uh, the highlight reel of this match is maybe yeah maybe a couple minutes long right so <laughs> Styles gets kicked on a phenomenal forearm attempt but fires off a Pele kick of his own and then Eric Rowan complete with a first name is out now he just got cleared last we saw of him he was pretty in badass fashion with a torn bicep dropping yeah. the tag titles. He yeah. was like, torn bicep, don't care, working this match, doing the right thing. Yeah. A lot of respect for him for that. Eric Rowan also, from an offensive standpoint, really always works on his game, which I don't think quite gets the, the credit that it deserves. When I saw that Lars Sullivan was coming up, I was like, you know, much like James Ellsworth was the worst thing that happened to Heath Slater. Yeah. yeah. I was like, man, that could be the worst thing that could happen to Eric Rowan. Yeah. Shiny new toy, mm-hmm. very similar in a lot of regards, but looks like Rowan's going to be, or yeah, Rowan's going to be just fine. After a Brian Enzakuri cracks the ref, a Styles clash hits, but Rowan comes in and face slams Styles. <laughs> Daniel Bryan wins. What are you looking for here? Daniel Bryan has a pet sheep. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard also that Luke Harper, who took the time, he wasn't going to be on TV. Because Rowan was legitimately injured to say, "Hey, I got this thing with my wrist. I'm gonna get that. Let me get that looked at." Um, and he's almost back too. Yeah, he's clear. So, so if the Bludgeon Brothers are no more, mercifully, and Daniel Bryan, who let's not forget has a history with the Wyatt family, takes Luke Harper and Eric Rowan under his wings, and he says, "These guys are gonna be my eco warriors." And we're going to take, like, I love that he also shows up. He's wearing jeans, and I, will, I believe is a Frank Zappa t-shirt and a flannel. <laughs> like, he's perfectly now a henchman for Daniel Bryan. Um, and somebody wrote this uh, uh, on Twitter, uh, the ultimate warrior, who's a great follow. Yes. Um, he wrote, tomorrow uh, on Tuesday night, Rowan's got to come out with a mic and say, I'm not a sheep anymore. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's, ab- it's so perfect. To be like him un- now under under Daniel Bryan to, to say that be, it has to happen. I'm looking forward to seeing these two guys with with Daniel Bryan. Uh, I think I think they'd be 
great for all of each other. And we get to have Daniel Bryan, Luke Harper, and Eric Rowan versus The New Day. Just put it on my TV and let me watch it. Let me watch it. It's going to be great. WWE Universal Championship. Brock Lesnar defeated Finn Balor to retain the title in about 8 minutes, 37 seconds. I thought this was a really well-worked match. And obviously, obviously, Finn Balor is somebody that Brock wanted to work with. This was a good story. Alex, I want your thoughts on this match in totality. Okay, so this was... uh... This was so interesting to me that you have uh, that you're you're going to tell a David versus a Goliath story in such a way uh, that you're leaving it entirely up to Finn, our boy Finn, who could not be more over ever, um, to come out and really like absolutely take it to Brock to a point where Brock didn't even get to do all of his suplexes. He got like one belly to belly in there early, and that was it. And then. You know, through happenstance and diverticulitis, um, Brock's uh, Achilles heel or or Achilles intestine was found and utilized. Uh, and of course, uh, lest we forget, um, Finn Balor's uh, finishing maneuver targets the diverticulitis. Uh, if you if you throw Brock Lesnar Les- diverticulitis first into the edge of the, of the, of the, of the announce table. The diverticulum is a very sensitive area. Right. No, absolutely. And this is, this is the thing. Um, if, if years ago you had surgery on your internal organs, the slightest touch to that area ruins everything. Oh boy. He had his butthole surgically removed, Alex. <laughs> Talk about taking no shit. He can't take no shits. Yeah, this this um this was uh I'm pretty sure that's the way science works. No, that's, that's true. Absolutely. Uh he's he's without an anus. Um the, I I really enjoyed this and I thought to myself, uh, okay, you can convince me that that Finn's perfectly scouted um uh, Brock and got really lucky when he hit him in the diverticulitis and then just kept hitting him in the diverticulitis over and over and over again, you could make me, you could convince me of that. Um, and then out of nowhere, Kimura and it's over and somehow that works, but it doesn't work for the story you've been telling for several weeks. You've been telling the story of David versus Goliath. Spoiler alert. If you haven't read the Bible, Goliath doesn't beat David with a submission hold. That doesn't happen. So maybe that's not the story you were telling this whole time. However, I did like the match. My issue is when Michael Cole calls Brock Lesnar the most dangerous man in WWE history when we very clearly saw Jack Swagger beat a man way tougher than Lesnar <laughs> in a fight last night. Full review up, FightfulMMA.com. Interviews with Jack Swagger as well. thought this was good. I thought Brock was awesome. He bailed out Balor on another Tobey Conhilo. Can you believe it? Two in a lifetime? Yeah. Coup de Gras hits, but Lesnar kicked out at two and went right into the Kimura, which I call the double wrist lock. But hey, Brock calls it the Kimura, so we'll call it that name. Balor taps. This was just well-worked, well-laid out. Brock made Balor look like a million bucks. Balor Balor controlled this match, like 70% of it. Yeah. I mean, he absolutely proved that he could beat Brock four out of ten times at least. Mm-hmm. But 
For this sure. Is one of, this is one of those six. And the thing I actually loved about it was that that Brock was so frustrated about not getting to suplex the dude seven times that he did it after the match. Um, and we get a brand new meme of of Brock's eyes in the Kimura. We get a we get a brand new one. It's going to be fun to use that and not the old one. So Brock wins, going to WrestleMania, presumably to face Seth Rollins, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Speaking of, Seth Rollins won the Royal Rumble, last eliminating Braun Strowman. The only real surprise, surprise out of WWE was the number two entrant. We have Elias at number one, Jeff Jarrett at number two. And I thought this was appropriate. This was a good one. Um, this is, this is, you, you have the thing with, with the rumble and the butt on the ground, but not the feet. I have this. I don't need to see Jeff Jarrett in my rumble. Like Jeff, former WCW champion, former NWA champion, a hall of famer. And, and guess what? Not a future anything. I'm fine with guys from NXT. They're not going to win the rumble this year, but you introduce them and you, and you promote your other brands that you have on the network. That's fine. Jeff Jarrett is done. I don't I I don't like legends in my Royal Rumble. They take up spots other guys could use. I, that's just the way I feel about it. I can't believe I got accused of not liking fun because I didn't like the Casey Catanzaro spot, but I know. you This is the thing. Mm. <laughs> this is the thing. I say to you over the Casey Catanzaro spot, you don't like fun and that's coming from me, the guy who complains about everything. This is the one thing I didn't love. I didn't love this. Mm. Well, they tease doing a duet, mm-hmm. but instead Elias cracks a guitar over his back and tosses him out. That part I liked. Yeah, that was good. That was fine. It should have happened. Yes. Nakamura is number three. I'm really glad he was in this. He should have been. He won the Royal well, Rumble last the, year. I understand him defending the thing, but I feel like... As the other, I also feel like maybe instead of having Lashley in this, especially if you're going to do what you did with him, maybe you have the uh, Intercontinental title actually mean something and need to be defended. Yeah. I feel like uh, if you're if you're currently holding a title, you're not in the Royal Rumble match. That's, that's the way I usually feel about things. So, I I just think it's good. You need the the if the person who was in the Rumble can be, he should be. In, well, Kurt in, Ang- in that case, I do agree with you. Kurt Angle is out, followed by Big E, and Nakamura just kind of sends Angle packing unceremoniously. Uh, it was one of those things where I looked down and then he was gone, like he's just gone. Huh. That one was a little bit confusing to me. Yeah. It was, man. Johnny Gargano was not confusing to me. That was a cool spot. He deserved the spot. And then he immediately tosses out former WWE champion, Jinder Mahal. (laughs) Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. He's a former WWE champion. (laughs) Ah, yeah. Well, that happened in quick fashion. They they threw out a Sing Brother too. Samoa Joe is out next. Everybody's trying to take out Nakamura, but Joe eliminates Big E. Kurt Hawkins is out next. He'll hit Samoa Joe, leave the ring, go back. I like I like they called it like stick and move. Yes, <laughs> that's a great way to describe it. Let's go Hawkins chance. Yeah, he gets put to sleep by Joe. Hides under the ring. Seth Rollins is out. Eliminates Elias, who is holding on to the ring post and. Seth Rollins does a bell clap to uh, the ring post. That was very cool. Yeah, it was good. I like that move. 
Titus O'Neil, you got to have him in this rumble. You had to have some way of making him into a fool. I mean, he does that himself. Right, but... right, right. But but here's the thing: after he did it like authentically, now in every rumble, like I feel until he's sixty, he's gonna come out and they're gonna make a fool of him and be like, "Hey, remember that thing that happened?" It's uh, <laughs> it's comic relief. You can have your comic relief here. Sure, Titus sure. chases around. Uh, Chases around or goes under the ring when he sees Hawkins there. Chases Hawkins back in, but gets eliminated himself. So whatever. I mean, I don't fine. expect Titus to really be wrestling that much longer anyway. It's, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. He barely ref- wrestles as is. But Hawkins it, wins the pennant, and then he's eliminated by Joe. Yeah, he. Uh, it's it was a thing that happened in this match. Kofi is out at twelve. He's got to follow three Kofi spots that already happened. Mustafa Ali comes in, and he got a lot of. He had a he had a good run. They think a yeah. lot of Mustafa Ali, and it's very clear, Alex. Yes, it, it, yes, they they do. They showed a lot of things that they really liked with him. He furthered his Samoa Joe feud, and as we'll describe later, he was the only one to get eliminated by a, a, a surprise entrant at the end, and that does not speak well of how they, they view him. Well, kind of. Well, yeah, we'll yeah, we will. Ali eliminates Nakamura. With a drop kick, and then he tornado DDTs Gargano before Joe just kills him with a suplex. Dean Ambrose is out next. The Sirens, I think, are a good touch for him. I like that. He tosses out Johnny Gargano. So a fair elimination for Johnny Gargano. He's getting beat by a top-of-the-line WWE guy. <sighs> then it happens again, Alex. The Kofi spot where his back is on the floor. Not once, but twice. Right. Back flat on the floor, but he... His, his toes are on the apron. That I'll at least give a little more credit to right. because his feet are on the apron right. in some degree. I don't know how to make sense of that, but he rolls over to safety. Whatever, man. Uh, the roll thing was was interesting. Like I had never thought of that before. But it was because it, it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. No way, Again, Jose. They they no, use this spot way too much. Tonight, especially. Yeah. No way Jose got quickly eliminated. Close to record time by Samoa Joe. He's met in the aisle by Drew McIntyre, who beats his ass and the conga lines. Mm-hmm. In the ring, we got Claymores to Rollins and Ambrose and Joe. Xavier Woods comes out at 17, and this is where I really thought they jumped the shark Man, with the Kofi too thing. Too much. Too much. How did this one make any sense? I don't even know, man. I looked over and it looked like it was, it was weird. It looked like I, I looked up and Kofi was riding uh, Xavier Woods back to the ring, and I was like, I give up. <laughs> they got to they got to sit down next year and have a real talk with whoever helped lay these spots out and this and say all that shit, not again. You're undermining the rules of the match. And if there are literally no rules, if somebody who's already been eliminated can just come in, well, then why aren't you forming a goddamn survivor alliance? Yeah. Why? How is this happening in in that way? Why are the riot squad not always all in the ring? If there are no rules, who cares? Right. Refs are out there for a reason, man. This just annoys me. Kofi and Xavier do a, a horrible spot, and both of them get eliminated. Although, for all I know, they're still in the Rumble based on the rule set that we have. Pete Dunn's in. That's a guy you wanted in the Rumble. Uh, I'm uh, I'm really happy that they got we got to put him in there. Alistair in there. 
Um, I'm on, I'm on record. I've said this before. I feel like if Pete Dunn was six foot four, he'd be the biggest star in the company right now. He can do anything you ask of him. Um, I, I love this guy, but because a lot of people in power are still stuck in 1978, they're like, ah, no, sorry, you're vanilla midget, even though he's the farthest thing from vanilla. Like he, again, he can do anything. Loved him in this match. Andrade next. DDT's done. Apollo Crews comes out and they tout his fresh start battle royal accolades and how he eliminated eight people from it. It's about eight sure. more than he eliminated sure. here tonight. Yep. Then we get number 21, Alistair Black. Huge NXT chances. He hits a moonsault. He caught Ali upside down with a knee. Oh, gosh. It's made me go like, oh, well, can. Can we get an Alistair Black versus Mustafa Ali match somewhere where I can view it, please? I joked last night, and I didn't get to say it on the air because I had to do the media call. I was like, you know, Alistair Black has lost just enough buzz that it's time for him to come up to SmackDown and do nothing for a few months. (laughs) So (laughs) he's at that point. Well, he eliminated Ambrose with a black mask. That's a big one for him. Yes, it is. It's good. Shelton Benjamin is out number 22 with great gear, and that's about it. Mustafa Ali eliminates Samoa Joe. Joe is livid. This one you know is going to be set up to further their feud. Good stuff. Yes. I mean, this is a thing. This can absolutely be a a non-title, just grudge match at Elimination Chamber. Do do it. Do the blow-off there, uh, you know, or you could absolutely extend this thing all the way to Mania and have a blow-off there. These two guys can really, really go with each other. Baron Corbin is out at number 23, does the boss man spot and hits a great deep six on Mustafa uh, Ali, then eliminates Apollo. Mustafa Ali, I feel, this will be his legacy. He's going to be the best at taking everybody's moves that he works with because that guy can find new ways of selling. They're just oh, he, He's vintage Ziggler plus. One day he's going to do the old playground legend thing of swinging over the jungle gym on the on the end of days, but he'll still take the move. Yes, yeah, even though he slipped all the way around. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. like we've seen people like Chad Gable flip backwards off of it. I think he's going to go all the way around, and then Corbin will find a way to slam him backwards. He's going to do two and a half full revolutions off a of lariat one day. Watch, watch and see. Mysterio is out at number twenty five and gets a great pop. Now here's the thing. I had said this on the preview shows. If this Royal Rumble were not main eventing and the women's were, I would not have hated Rey Mysterio winning this after. Sure. Because, I mean, you can get to the WrestleMania-Lesnar match however you want with Rollins. But with Mysterio, I'm like, damn, you know what? Him and Daniel Bryan could probably have a really good one, and Daniel Bryan could cut some good promo. But uh, I'm glad to see the run that he's having on. Another casual fan come to Jesus meeting I had is when I was telling my wife, hey, Mysterio's had these good matches. And she only knows baggy pants Rey Mysterio with knee braces. And she goes, he was good. He's He's been good. And I was like, oh, I got to show you this. Yeah. And we watched the Halloween Havoc match. And it's, it's weird to think there's a generation of fans that didn't know Rey Mysterio to be what Rey Mysterio is. That's the thing is that is that there's a whole there are two generations of fans: the ones who watched him when he was a kid, and the ones who are watching him right now with his Renaissance period. In the middle between those two things, you have a lot of like, man, he just he doesn't seem to move right. No, but- I 
I've got these bulging discs. I need some of that Mexican back alley stem cell <laughs> injection soon. Lashley is out with Leo Rush. He lasts very, very shortly, practically eliminates himself when Rollins dodges him. Lashley throws a fit, puts Rollins to a ringside announce table. Another thing I'm not a great fan of. Yeah, the, when when you when you take a guy who's a fan favorite, who everyone is saying this is guy's problem could win it, is like definitely one of the top choices to win it, and then you have some dude put him through a table two thirds of the way through the show, you know he's winning the match, and that's a problem. When you telegraph things like that, like at this point, we're like. I was thinking at that moment, well, Drew has a chance to win this, um, but not when you put Rollins through a table. Then we know he's coming back at the end to win it. We just know. And I don't think it gains the type of sympathy they think it does. I think almost everybody's smart enough to know what's going on. Right. It's like, okay, well, now he gets to take a little nap, and then he gets to come back fresh and do his spots. Well, that's what happened, as it turns out. Roman is number 27. He replaced John Cena, who was not on this show, said in interviews a month and a half ago, yep. I won't be in the Royal Rumble. Go figure. They will be setting up a Drew match eventually, though. But Braun eliminates Corbin, Shelton, and Jeff Hardy. Now, Dolph Ziggler, who was interviewed by Chris Van Vliet and said, not scheduled for the Rumble, taking a hiatus. I mean, come on, can you ever believe him? No, Never. Never. Comes back and eliminates Drew McIntyre. I never, ever, 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 ever in my life need to see these two men wrestle a one-on-one match ever again. Not ever. I don't ever they, need they've, to see it. They've probably wrestled like maybe twice for all we know, but I don't I don't need to see it again. I just don't need to see it. They had the perfect blow-off to this feud. That cage match where after it, like Drew, like claymored him into the cage like 10 times. That's the end of the feud. You never have them wrestle again. To, to Ziggler's credit, to Ziggler's credit, in that interview, that same interview with Chris Van Vliet, highly recommended. He said that he's told Vince McMahon, "Hey, you know, if I'm the guy that the guy who's moving up beats and he does it six months in a row, I'm not worth anything. So maybe right. this is another pacifying situation. I don't know, man. Ah, uh, man." McIntyre should have been a final four, Alex. McIntyre should have been a final four. McIntyre, McIntyre was so damn red hot when when he turned on Braun. Remember when they had that little faction going? And then yeah. McIntyre said, I don't need you anymore. I'm better than you. And we all thought because Braun had his title match versus Lesnar at the damn Saudi Arabia thing. And then they botched that whole thing up. Babyface Braun, white hot after beating Lesnar in a real match versus Drew McIntyre, who absolutely believes he can kick Braun's head off, could have been a feud that lasted you all through the fall, all through the winter, and into Mania. And what did they do? They botched the hell out of it. They sure did. Whoo, boy. Randy Orton's out at number 29, goes for an RKO, but gets power slammed by Strowman. There's this great spot. Strowman, Andrade, Ray, and Ali did a stacked-up rocker plex. So it's a combination of the rocker's finish and Edge and Christian's finish, Alex. Yes, it, it, was, it was like nothing I have ever seen. It, it, there's got to be gifs of that thing all over Twitter. Go find it. It's nuts. It's, it's worth going out of your way to see. Our truth number 30, and he's attacked by... Nia Jax? Nia Jax. 
How'd you feel? Um, I, I like my 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 reaction was like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, how this has not been motivated by anything? We haven't. Here's the deal: we haven't seen anything like this in years. Like, I, I guess like Beth Phoenix was the last one to come out and be part of the Men's Royal Rumble. That was a completely different yeah. era. There you know, were there were no other options. Yeah. Um. This is a. It, it, it opens up a real slippery slope, Alex. It, it does. It does. This is the thing. It, I joked about this on Twitter, but I could just see Vince saying, Ah, oh, you fucking marks, you want intergender wrestling? Bet you don't anymore. Like, I feel like that feels like what this is. And it's just like, no, we want to see actual, like, people who does... I want to see Charlotte versus the men. I don't want to see Nia Jax versus the men. Like, who wants that? Personally, I don't. I don't really care to see it all, but that's my preference. It, people want it, fine. But Nia Jax got more heat than anybody was going to get in this spot, I without suppose, a doubt. I suppose, yeah. I don't. I don't know who you would have had come out and beat up Truth. They would have gotten the cut. But this is the thing: is that I, I don't. I think they still think you're gonna. They're they're riding that heat after off of her breaking Becky's face. They do. They are. They think that. And I don't think that's that's continuing. I feel like people were like, "What is going on?" Not, oh, we want to see her get her just desserts. And that's the other thing. I don't, when was the last time you had man-on-woman violence in ring in WWE? Well, like, tonight, been, now. <laughs> oh, no, but I mean, like, before that. Like, it been feels like it's been a long time. Well, she eliminates Mustafa Ali. Talk about this. Yeah, I don't, I mean, like, Mustafa had such a great, great run in the, in the Royal Rumble. He was, like, second or third on the Iron Man list. Um, and he lasted all the way till the last person had gotten in the ring. He eliminated Samoa Joe, which furthers his feud. He had a lot of great spots, took a lot of great offense, made it look great. If Nia had eliminated more than one person, I wouldn't feel this way. But they said, hey, kid, cruiserweight, you're getting eliminated by the girl. Like, I feel like that's not how I feel. That's how I feel they're looking at this. And I don't feel like that bodes well. I feel like... When when he comes on Jericho's podcast and says, Vince tells me that I get my ass kicked great, so I'm going to show him how great I can get my ass kicked, that's that's taking what the boss tells you and turning it well. But if he says, now I want to see you get your ass kicked by the girl, again, this is how I think Vince views things, then I don't know how that bodes well for his future. But I'm willing to be convinced otherwise, but now I'm a cautiously much more cautiously optimistic about his future. A lot of notable names not in this Royal Rumble, Alex. Bray Wyatt, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, who were said to be coming back soon. You have uh, EC3 not in the Royal Rumble. That's, I don't, I don't know, man. Like EC3 wasn't in it. Neither of the Ivory Machinery boys. We know Lars isn't around, but like EC3's not? Really? EC3, like... What are you ha- waiting to have him do? Like pose more in the back? Ah. Neither member of the club made an appearance on tonight's show. Interesting. Especially considering you know, there were a couple couple spots for him, I think, on this yep. show. But yep. just uh, a little, little odd, man. A little odd. But let's get back to the match. Orton goes to RKO Naya and gets shoulder blocked. Am I correct in saying that Dolph Ziggler instituted the violence on Nia? I think so. I think yep. so. I think he super kicked her and then went into 619 and then an RKO. Randy Orton recreated the foot that beer 
meme. <laughs> I know one thing. Nia ain't taking that hammerlock DDT from Andrade. <laughs> no, she's not. She's not taking that. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, no. I don't want to imagine. Ray no. drop kicks Nia off the apron to eliminate her. Then he gets RKO'd and tossed. Then Andrade tosses out Orton. A good one for him. Yes. Ziggler in the final four? Yeah, here's the thing. When it when it got down to visually, just Ziggler and Andrade. I mean, we we all know that Seth and Strowman are on, on the outside, but the announcers are trying to convince us that it's just down to Andrade and Ziggler. You're like, what who are you trying to fool? You're bad who at your you job. Trying to fool? I mean, yeah, come on. Come on. Everyone teams up on Braun, does signature moves. Strowman eliminates Andrade. Rollins tosses out Ziggler. It's down to Rollins and Braun. They go to the apron, or Rollins has Strowman on the apron, but a choke slam lands for Strowman. Then they go through the Benoit spot, the Benoit Big Show spot, to get them on the apron. Mm -hmm. Rollins ends up getting the win after posting Strowman and hitting the curb stomp. Rollins appropriately going to WrestleMania. We can only speculate leading up to it, but uh, okay. Here's here's my deal. Um, I think the right guys go into Mania, especially if they're going to put him over Brock. Please God, let them put him over Brock. But I still don't have the best taste in my mouth about what they're doing in a storyline way with Brock with Braun after he was legitimately supposed to have that match versus Brock in the desert in Saudi Arabia and was cheated out of it blatantly by a guy who then a couple of weeks later, you said was ruining everything as a general manager. So he's out. Well, if he's out, then all that shit he was running with Braun should have been like, okay, Braun gets a title match, but Braun chasing that same guy beats up Vince's rental limo. And now he doesn't ever get another title shot. That doesn't seem right in any way and you're supposed then you're out there saying hey fans whatever you say goes we want to do the show you you want i don't know that you do i mean they i hear people say well well braun's just an upper mid-card guy now if that he's been completely ruined yeah they ruined him like they could have pulled the trigger on him at any point in a long time before they nerfed him entirely but who knows i mean I'm I'm I just want someone to carry that belt who's not Brock Lesnar. I just I just need that. Even though this match tonight was fine, I feel like you're hamstrung when when that when that guy's holding the belt on Raw. Well, we have been here for an hour and 45 minutes. I am in favor of Seth Rollins winning the Royal Rumble. We'll see how everything unfolds. Guys, join us after every Raw, every SmackDown. When SmackDown goes to Fridays, I'll be here. After every one, we have the list in your boy Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. All these shows are free. If you want to support FightfulSelect.com, we have dozens of shows a month. Retro reviews, uh, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live reviews, non-WDB reviews from NWA, uh, BTE, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor. I do a Q&A show every other week. I do the weekly Fightful Report podcast where I give you all exclusive news. I give you all injury reports and contract updates. That is the most direct way to support us. But if you don't want to do that, uh, just retweet some of our stories. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe. All that stuff helps. Help grow our MMA channel any way that you all want to support us. We are more than happy to have you do live coverage and discussion every episode of Wrestling Period. 
<sighs> Royal Rumble 2019. I want to thank you guys for joining us. Hey, if you all want to, I did a podcast, Royal Rumble by the Numbers, yesterday. Check that one out. About 15 minutes long. Good stuff. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.